Hello and welcome to the first ever episode 6 of the Virtual Pub Podcast. The perfect podcast for those who miss going to the pub in this particular pandemic. Picking pricks, sharing some good news and rounding things off with a pub quiz. All while having a few pints. Because we can't all go to the pub right now, so where are we going to bring the pub? To you! Nailed it that time. That was fucking seamless. That, that whole intro came out of nowhere. Where'd that come from? Yeah. <laughs> I, I really before. thought you were going to make some scripts on like... podcast. I thought you were John Cena doing Pugonomics. Pick a prick. <laughs> there was the problem... so many things in there. <laughs> so we're going to kick this off by introducing everybody else around the table with us. Moody, how's your week been and what are you drinking? Uh, what am I drinking? First of all, I'm, I'm drinking beer. I'm drinking a very prestigious um, beer called Medusa from Harper's Brewing Co., who I've not mm. heard of. It says to look like very real ale. It's a ruby red ale. Uh, what does it say? Chocolate and toffee give way to a fresh fruity aroma and rich red hues. So it looks very nice until you get round to the back and you see specially produced for Audi Stores Limited, P.O. Boss 26, Addiston. So yeah, I'm on Audi Ales, but hey, they're cheap and it's actually quite tasty. So definitely not complaining. Um, nice. How's my week been? My week's been uh, very up and down. I'm uh, I'm going to start with uh, a, a very sad piece of news, unfortunately, which is uh, my grandfather sadly passed away a few days ago, um, last Thursday. So by the time this podcast goes out, just over a week ago, um, and unfortunately, uh, it was as a result of the uh, of the Corona COVID nineteen. He was in a care home um, and has presumably picked it up from somebody visiting there and, and unfortunately after an illness of a, a couple of weeks in in hospital passed away last week which is uh very sad and so i love you grandpa and miss you um a real real shame but um i've i've wanted to talk about it partly because i wanted to talk about it but partly because on the day i found out i had one of those moments where i had no option but to laugh um as we've obviously talked about in the last couple of weeks uh, i've just started working on tesco deliveries um, found out the news on Thursday afternoon last week um, and I was due to be working that evening so decided I was going to go to work anyway because there wasn't really anything else to do I couldn't go and see family there wasn't really any point in just sitting at home feeling bad for myself um, we, we'd kind of known this was on the cards for for quite a while so went into work that evening thought it was something to take my mind off things if nothing else um, and when a little bit of detail, when you get to uh, to a delivery shift at Tesco's, you get like a, a little leaflet, which is your run for the day. It shows you, they do all the planning for you, basically. So it tells you who you're delivering to. And I opened the little booklet with my run for the evening. And my first delivery of that evening was to the Anstian District Independent Funeral Service. <laughs> I am not religious. I do not believe in a greater power. But in that moment, I thought to myself, there is someone up there looking down and taking the absolute piss. So <laughs> life, life has a way. So, uh, yeah, no, a very, very weird moment. But no, look, very sad. But other than that, week's been good. Um, still out working. Obviously, weather's been decent. Um, yeah, can't complain. Well, our hearts go out to you, mate. And... Yeah, here's one for should we you. All have a, should we all have a quick drink to Moody's granddad? Yeah. Fred. 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 Lindsay, how's your week been and what are you drinking? I'm drinking cause again because I didn't have time to make a cocktail because I had a most traumatic half an hour before this. But I won't 
into basically i think i broke my landlord's tv and my boyfriend's playstation <laughs> while i was in the shower so i didn't actually do anything but you know I, you know me i get serious guilt about nothing <laughs> my week has actually been all right um been binge watching the marvel series in chronological order uh, did black panther last what did we do yesterday black panther civil war and something else but i can't remember now so we're actually we're getting to that the really good stuff I'm quite yeah. excited to we'll be on endgame by uh by the next time we talk so thorpe how's your week been and what you're drinking my week's been same old same old really i've been um playing through the second uncharted got through that in the weekend in two days and then this week has been house stuff and this week so it was homes under the hammer two weeks ago this week it is antics road trip for the shit tally i'm watching <laughs> uh, and I'm drinking Budweiser this week. It's uh, brewed in somewhere, and it's St. Louis. St. Is it St. Louis or is it Burton? And um, not Burton, is it? I'm All not right. sure. I have no idea. And it's just left over from the weekend. Okay. And just as the sex appeal sits back down, nicely timed. Cheers, Dolby. Jen. How was your week? And what are you drinking? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. I've not got any shit film recommendations for this week, which I'm sure you'll all be fucking gutted about. Um, I watched somehow. I've watched pretty much all of Peep Show in three days on Netflix because good effort. Uh, <laughs> I need something going on while I'm working, or I'll go fucking insane. So yeah, I watched all of Peep Show in about three days. Um, drinking little white wine currently. Um, it's that's right up there with Aldi Real Ale. It's nice though. Like, I mean, it's not nice. It kind of tastes like Prosecco. It's been left out to get flat. <laughs> um, I, think, I think the most important question I have is, is it in a bottle or a box? It's in a bottle. It's in a bottle. Classic. But, classic. I've, also, but I've got some of the Blood Orange IPA as well, which is actually really nice. That's behind me, behind my TV that you can't see at the moment. Um but yeah, it's been pretty good. Uh, I've got a personal achievement of achieving 15 kills in a game of COD, which is better than my usual average of about two. So Jesus. that was but... impressive. Oh, I'm, I'm the worst Call of Duty player you'll ever come across. I feel <laughs> I, was... I wasted money on that. I feel I wasted money on that game because I'm approaches <laughs> at it. Um, but yeah, if you ever see a game on COD and un un unlikely Dan is in your game, you're going to beat me. So well done to you in advance. Three points. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been, but, uh, I've been watching the Rufus Aggression series on the WWE Network as well. If you like your wrestling, which I know pretty much none of our listeners do. Um, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> now I'd like to introduce you all to our very special guest. He presents a podcast called Don't Say the C Word. He is Mark Adams. Hey, yeah. No, longer, no longer Magic Mark. Well, the magic mark thing was something I never really wanted and tried to get rid of and uh, never managed it. So, you know, you can call me magic mark if you really want to. So, I finish this wine. <laughs> so, how's your week been and what are you drinking, mate? <sighs> my week's been very odd. Um, I, my real life job is uh, I'm a funeral celebrant. And so, I'm a key worker just for funeral ceremonies. Every other point, I have to stay indoors. And um, I had a funeral. I went out in the morning. I performed the funeral. It was tougher than usual because, you know, people have to stand social distancing from each other and can't give each other hugs and things like that. And it's, it's, it's even harder to work in that industry at the moment. 
But that's not what I'm getting at. I, I got home and I sat down and I suddenly had a fucking wanderlust because I just want to leave the house because I left that house once to do my job and it felt like normality had returned. Mm. So I was just kind of like, I need to get out. I need to get out. I'm feeling fucking cabin fever. <laughs> and I hadn't felt that at all prior to actually going out the house to do my job. So that was really fucking weird. Yeah. Um, and, 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 yeah, so I obviously solved that by watching lots of telly. <laughs> what kind of shows helped with that? I've been watching Runaways on Disney Plus. Ooh, good choice. Yeah. Disney Plus is a fucking shout, by the way. Oh, We've Disney Plus, it. we love it. I've already watched all of, I've already watched all of Recess. <laughs> See, I went for Hannah Montana, so... <laughs> I've been watching Gravity Falls. Now, that is well Ooh. worth a look. That is a show. Okay, okay. Other than that, I guess I've been podcasting to stay sane. You mentioned Mm. my podcast, Don't Say the C Word. That's daily because, you know, I'm a fucking lunatic. And I'm also on. One episode features me. One episode does feature Daniel Dalby. Um, And then I'm also doing a Red Dwarf podcast called Shipwrecked and Comatose. I'm doing a um, celebrant podcast based on my celebrant job. That's called Life's Milestones. And I'm regularly on one called Super Tap Film Club, which is um, it's a B-movies podcast, really. And then I do a weekly um, comic book podcast as well. And so, yeah, I keep him busy by talking a lot to that microphone. Oh, and um, so... I'm drinking Corona. <laughs> I mean, you weren't going to drink anything, so I guess that's a... that's an improvement. Yeah, I felt like I need... Well, I don't really drink anymore. I'm more of a... <laughs> More of a glass of wine with a meal kind of a guy since I hit 40. And um, the reason being isn't any straight-edge wankery. It's because my hangovers are really fucking wretched. I've seen Mark hangover. As the only person on this pod to have seen Mark hangover, I can vouch for the fact that his hangovers are fucking terrible. Oh, they're just the worst? Oh, do you remember, so there's do you remember no the kind H- of... Oh, no, a, a slight tangent. I know it's going to be a, a, a slight resting tangent, but fuck it. Do you, not, do you remember the HXC show where you were... Uh, said you were going to do a shot of Jaeger every time two wrestlers kicked each other in the head and they kicked each other in the head 26 times. I remember, <laughs> the, <laughs> I remember the start of that match. I don't remember anything after that match. That was uh, I was trying to, that was, that was a show when I was doing all the production for it and they came up to me and went, you can drink what you want all night. And then I, yeah, like, and, and I somehow still managed to be better than the guy that normally did the music for them, which is a fucking shambles, let's be honest. That was a long time ago. Yeah, well, with hindsight, I should have gimmicked the bottle of Jaeger and filled it with Tizer or something. Because I legitimately <laughs> got, I went from like one pint to half a bottle of Jaeger in about 20 minutes. And funnily Your mistake enough, was telling, you shouldn't have told WWE's Alistair Black that you were going to do that because he fucking ran with it. Shit, it was Tommy as well, wasn't it? It was Alistair Black and Jigsaw, yeah. Hey. Yeah, they, they did it deliberately when they found out that that's what I was doing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So sorry, WWE's Alistair Black. I can't call him Tommy End anymore. <laughs> he fucking, That's he how fucking I loves, knew him. He fucking loved Satan, that boy. He fucking loved him. I, I, right, I, I really like that guy. We've been drinking and um, he's just a nice bloke. He's kind of very much not the image that they portray on the telly. He's he's lovely, but I wouldn't fucking mess with him. He's, he's one of those blokes that you're, you're glad they're on your side, you know? <laughs> <laughs> right 
I will wrap up the segment with my bit. Uh, my week's been all right. I'm drinking uh, Cornish Rattler. If it's room temperature and it's still, it's a kind of cider for me. Starting to feel a bit better in my current situation of like being in the lockdown, starting to feel a bit more productive. Um, also got a Amazon Fire Stick for the telly in the living room. So I started watching a lot of Parks and Recreation. It's been a long time since I last watched that and I'm introducing oh. Laura to it. So Perfect geez. timing because they're doing a reunion show next week. I know. And in terms of what I'm playing, I am currently, I'm still playing so much Animal Crossing. And it's getting to the point now, and I'll tell you a story of a character called Gulliver. He's a captain of a ship and he gets washed ashore and he tries to communicate back to the boat to say, come pick me up. But his um, walkie-talkie is broken. So there's like five pieces stranded along the beach and you've got to go find them. And the first time round, I believe that. I was like, okay, fair enough. Like, this is exactly what's happened. But it's happened for the sixth time today that he's got washed up on the beach. And I've had to go pick up these pieces of this walkie-talkie. Now, normally, any normal person will just be like, oh, this is standard Animal Crossing uh, repetition. But me and my super weird brain, I went, um, I went down the aisle of being immigration police in a way. I was like, <laughs> you've, you've, you've made this story once. You've made this case once, and I believed you the first time. But you've made the same story five times over. So then I bought some fencing, and I fenced him in <laughs> on my island. <laughs> Uh, Mark's reaction just kind of sums it up. <laughs> I, see. I thought I would say that the moment the filthy socialist left the microphone so that I could get away with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, For the record, so... I heard the whole thing. I don't know if we can be friends anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just putting this out there, I'm as socialist as Dan is. And um, don't, don't get talking about that kind of shit because if I've had any of these... I'll become a really, really obnoxious left-wing douchebag. So don't talk <laughs> about left-wing politics, please. <laughs> it is oh, okay. I've, I've not had any of those yet, and I'm already an obnoxious left-wing douchebag. <laughs> You've had half a bottle of wine, Dan. No, correction. I've now had the full bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, join us after the break as we get into picking some pricks of the week. Welcome back, and we dive into the segment that everybody knows and loves called Pick a Prick. It's time, time to pick a prick. Pick a prick. So we kick off this week with Moody. Pick a prick. So, so yeah, let's be inclusive. Uh, Michael O'Leary from Ryanair, he's a twat, isn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all be inclusive on that. What I decided to do this week for Pick a Prick was I purchased a barrel, um, filled it with water, put some fish in it, and and then shot them. Um, <laughs> anyway, what's he been up to this week? So, obviously, 
there aren't many flights going out of anywhere at the moment. There's uh, there's the odd the odd, very odd passenger one and obviously cargo. Um, but as I said, a similar thing to what I was talking about last week, really, uh, with uh, people speaking when they didn't need to, just basically standing up and saying, well, when we can start flying again, we're going to make sure that all of our flights are completely full because, and his exact words were, we can't comply with idiotic in-flight social distancing rules. And... Let's put to one side whether and what he's really referencing here is, you know, the idea of an easy jet have talked about the fact that they'll keep the middle seats open um, to, to try and keep people apart. Let's just put to one side for a moment whether that is actually a legitimate way of dealing with social distancing or not, because it probably isn't. But the thing is, we don't need to be sitting here right now talking about the fact that the rules are idiotic because what that does is it puts in the minds of people who already think this is a bad idea that it's idiotic and gives them a platform and again another high profile person to support their their view and their argument and I think he I'm just looking through the article again just to remind me he had said that he's told the Irish government that if the restrictions are imposed and that they won't be allowed to sell the middle seats then he will either force the government to pay for the middle seats or he won't operate the flights. What a tosser. Has anyone here, has anyone here ever been on a Ryanair? Yeah, a few times. Yeah. yeah. yeah so times. even if you're not, even if they're not using their middle seats, no fucking way those flights are social distancing. Like, no, and, I, and, and that's, that's kind of the point he's making. He's saying that, you know, if you're going to enforce the rules, we can't enforce them to a way that's profitable for us. So we're not going to operate the flights. Um, and I think that's just kind of missing the bigger point, isn't it? Which is, mm. you know, if, if I, I, mean, I mean, maybe in a roundabout way, I kind of agree with him, which is if you can't fly, if you don't want to operate the flights, don't don't operate them. But I just think that when we're at a point that we can't, there are lots of people that are, when they're able to, going to want to travel to see family that they've not been able to see for a long time. And, you know, this is a great opportunity for airlines to probably buy themselves some really positive PR as long as as well as providing quite a valuable service by, you know, operating flights at a minimal profit or maybe even in some cases a loss, because that will allow them to, you know, build up that goodwill that they can cash in at a later date. But just so short sighted. (laughs) I will say how companies have responded to the pandemic is probably something that's going to affect my choice, my consumer choices in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Hence why I'm not going to go to Weatherspoons anymore. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. There are a lot of brands that I will avoid because of just the the bellendery that I've seen. Pretty good pick for a prick. I do think he sounds like a colossal bellend. And even with the middle seats being closed, I'm probably going to have fuck all leg room on the planes anyway. So that's (laughs) (laughs) every Ryanair flight I've been on. Every Ryanair flight I've been on has been like. If it's only the middle seats and they've still got two next to each other on the same side anyway. Mm. And plus you're breathing in the same horrible air for two hours. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't yeah. really like flying, so avoid it as much as possible. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, it is my turn to pick a prick. And I'm strapping, have, guys. I take you into the world of Twitch. And as many of you know, my channel turned affiliate recently, which essentially gives me another way to repay everybody who's podcasting right now for helping me make the virtual pub a reality so thank you all hopefully at some point i can buy you all a pint learning and i've learned a lot from the experience namely how to make these live shows look a little better as you can see and it's always a learning experience for the fact that there's been technical issues throughout this entire bit of the show 
um, and how to keep the audience hooked through having visuals, um, <clears throat> visually eye-catching elements of the show. Some female streamers, however, the interpretations of this essentially verge on being cam girls. And I point your attention to a particular streamer called Invader V. And to give you context, her Twitter bio picture is essentially her thigh gap. That's all a profile picture is. So kind of gives you some context as to who this person is. And I want to go straight off the top and say, I have no problem with this. If it works, do your thing. And no doubt if I had the same thirsty male audience after me and given the opportunity, I would probably do the same because I know she makes some serious coin off the back of this. Um, I'm sure you've got plenty of thirsty males after you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I'm going to go ahead and play this video now. So check this out. It doesn't really matter how much money you make or how much money you have. That's really the thing, because I'm not asking you for a large financial contribution. If it costs $20 to sub, $20 is quite a bit of money. $20 is you can get a full meal for $20. And the difference of $20 and eating a meal is in that $20. Like that's where it is. But a sub is $5 at maximum in whatever your currency is, it's maybe $10. And it doesn't matter how broke you are. If you have time to watch Twitch, you have, you have $10, truly. If you don't have $10, you probably don't have time to watch Twitch because you should be working. You should be trying to earn money. Uh, it's not a ton. It's not like a ton of money. So being like, I'm broke, I can't afford to sub, it, that doesn't really track. What you mean to say is, I'm so irresponsible with my money, I can't support the entertainment that I enjoy. <laughs> That's what that is. I'm unemployed, so basically all my money goes to bills and food, or I would support you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's $5. It's really, like, you're never, you're not gonna, you're, no one's gonna convince me that what I'm saying is so rude or so unacceptable or so outrageous. It just simply isn't. It's just, it's $5. It doesn't cost you that much to sub. And it's very, very wonderful because it allows streamers to continue supporting their communities with content. That's all. Oh my. So here we have some excellent 300 IQ comments from the peanut gallery. This conversation sucks. This is weird. Yikes. These are exquisite contributions to a very good conversation. And these people in chat who are making these comments do not appear as immature childish cheapscapes whatsoever. <laughs> They're just sitting here masturbating as hard as they possibly can, as quietly as they can, because their parents are in the next room talking about how disappointed they are in them. And they're like, why would I ever pay for this when this slut's giving it away for free? <laughs> You're right, buddy. You're right. So for the context off the top, Twitch is a free ad-supported service. And all this subscribe shit that we tell you about, it's just extra ways that small creators like us or like other people on Twitch um, can make money. And the fact that she's trying to shame people into it, you over-entitled piece of shit, is exactly what's wrong with the service. And the fact that she goes in extra hard at that point and says, just because all you beta male simps masturbate to me, but you don't pay, you should pay me. And it's like, that's not exactly how this works. It's an ad supported service. And you're, tr you're treating this like an OnlyFans account. So go 
where you know you're probably going to make the money and don't preach this false equivalence to try and shame your viewers into subbing just to have people look and wank over you. If you're lacking of money, many, many supermarkets at the moment are hiring. So by all means, apply for a job instead of trying to beg and shame your viewers into paying you money. One of the things she said, she says, oh yeah, $10 isn't a lot of money um, if you can't afford $10 you should probably go out and work or you should rename yourself I'm irresponsible with money which is ridiculous exactly because you can't afford ten dollars to subscribe to something it's a luxury item they might need that ten dollars for something else doesn't mean they're irresponsible with money oh my god like after that bit when she says I'm irresponsible with like what you're saying is I'm irresponsible with that money and kind of like that really shitty laugh that she has at the end of it like "Mm mm-hmm like that is the sound of everybody's ex-partner going crazy and just looking <laughs> down on someone judging the <laughs> fuck out of them for putting like, I don't know, fucking a, a toothbrush holder two inches to the left. Shout out to Amber. Fucking <laughs> <hell>. <laughs> wow. Like, fuck's sake. It, We're doing um, the name drops today. <laughs> so the result of this, because it's kind of all exploded over the past few days, she lost 87,000 followers because of this. And ah. she gave an incredibly unconvincing apology, which was, it looked so fucking calculated, like fit only for a terrible politician, which amounted to her saying, I don't believe that thing I just said. No, she's a dickhead. Like ultimately, like if you know, if you if you if people doing OnlyFans and shit, fair play, make that paper. I don't give a fuck. Do what you gotta do. Like I respect the hustle. Ultimately, like you want to get your dick or your titties out for money, do it. I don't give a shit. But don't... no one's paying for penises, really. Not straight gay. I don't know. Well, gay men because... might pay for penises. I don't know. Like... No, no women is paying for a penis because all we gotta do is put on Snapchat. Hey, I'm bored. And you go back. But... Five, right, that's not. Really, I mean, that's not really. That's not really my point. My point is that if you want to get naked for money, fucking do it. Make yourself some money. But if people don't want to pay for it, then don't matter. Like everyone's got shit they got to pay for. Especially now, like if it's not like if you're getting people, if you're if you're making that sort of content and you've got people messaging you like oh, for free, they're fucking knobheads. Fine, but don't say to people on a free service like. Uh, if you're not paying, you're a twat. No, like most people at the moment are worrying about having jobs. Never mind paying to see your fucking tip. Like, I, don't. I, I think I think the root of the problem, and it's it's. I'm sure there was something I saw on. It, I can't remember if it was BBC or it might have been one of the newspaper websites. Is that obviously a lot of online um, content creators are struggling at the moment because. A lot of people are struggling and these kind of, you know, donation style things are, are something that people often spend their disposable income on. It's, 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 and it's easy to cut off. You're not signed up for any sort of minimum contracts or anything like that. And it, I think it's all too easy to convince yourself once you've got that money coming in that that's, that's your worth. And I think that's kind of where a lot of them are falling foul, which is, well, I've got to this level, and so therefore that's what I'm worth. And so from there, it's easy to then convince yourself when suddenly the money's going down, but you don't perceive you're doing anything differently, that it's the other people that are at fault. And it's not that it's not the other people are at fault. And equally, it's not that you're at fault. You're the the, the individual in question 
she's probably not doing anything different. And that's probably why she's struggling to understand it, because as far as she's concerned, she's doing the same as she's been doing. And therefore, she should be generating what she was generating previously. But I think it's well, uh, we've talked before about the fact that the Internet's a bubble. And this is just a prime example of it, isn't it? Is getting so caught up in your own online bubble that you forget about the wider world. And she's just unfortunately dealt with it in the absolute worst possible way, which is to not only forget what's going on in the wider world, but then blame the very people that have chosen not to support her any further for probably legitimate reasons. Yeah, precisely. And I can completely understand that there is a misunderstanding. And also to build onto that point as well, Moody, like the the entirety of Twitch, there's been like, I think there's been like a, 30-40% growth in people streaming because like people have got the spare time to do so so mm. the market is flooded of people doing the same thing that she's doing and that I'm doing so obviously everybody's going to take a bit of a dip by extension because of it um, but the simple lesson here and something that I'll always take into account with this sort of stuff is remember that you are in an incredibly privileged position to do this like I am very privileged to be able to do a stream like this and podcast with you guys and actually set something up like this requires, and we're doing so primarily because we enjoy it. That will always be the number one reason why we do this. Any donations we get off the back of this, always amazing. Thank you all so much. But no, that's not the reason why you go into this. Like, don't be a dick and beg for money or shame your viewers into subscribing to your channel. Like, that's the simple rule coming out of this. And that leads in quite nicely to... Go on then, Lindsay. Pick a prick. Oh, right. So mine is very, very recent, and I do apologise, guys. I had to go on the sun to find it. Mm. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, I hate myself too. And I'll read the lovely sensationalist headline, which actually kind of fits this bitch. Um, stockpile 2.5k of PPE, including 500 pairs of gloves and hundreds of masks, and don't care if the NHS runs out. Ugh. Really? And she went into debt for it. Went seven hundred pounds over her overdraft to buy this stuff. This is what's her name? Yeah, Brown. She is an admin assistant in Portsmouth. Um, every time she leaves the house, she wears full PPE, and she is using vital equipment to paint on because she is an artist. Because she makes it makes the perfect canvas. <laughs> and so, as some of her former friends have abandoned her. Did. Big up then. Uh, she also spent £600 on extra food, including UHT milk and canned goods, bought up dozens of paracetamol, throat sprays and other medicines. What the way she got out of the debt, the way is she sold some of the face masks for a higher price to get out of the debt. Oh, she price gouged. She price gouged. Only five of them. This woman is what is wrong with this country. People like that. Frickin', she's always, yeah, she said, it's not my job to ensure that NHS have proper protective personal equipment. That's the government's job. I need my PPE kit to protect myself and for my art exhibition. I won't donate it to the NHS. Oh. We're doing quite a good job just, in this how... week, take a prick of finding topics that there isn't really a lot of room for debate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously, there are people that have stockpiled stuff. But also those same people that have gone, oh, shit. Other people need this stuff, giving it up. Yeah. So that that's kind of that's a redeeming factor. But if you've got all this shit, you know you're not going to need or use. This woman's also 
said that she gets all of her shopping delivered. So why she's in at delivery shops? But yeah, fair enough. She's not using. She's not going out a lot. So why do you need the PPE? She's using it in her back garden. Do you know the best thing about this, guys? She does clap for the carers on Thursday nights. <laughs> of course she fucking does, yeah. Like, what are you? What are you? <laughs> Honestly, get in the fucking bin. I think this is a pretty solid prick to pick. Also, she has a terrible fringe. I'm just looking at her hair at the moment. She looks like a fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> she's only like 35, so she's not even that old she's i wouldn't she's not like in a, a boomer range or anything she's just she's being just a dick being a selfish prick and not caring about else. if she's 35 she's a millennial yeah <laughs> jesus <laughs> now, people say that we're all this and that would actually no that's so next time someone says, oh, millennials don't like this and that, and they well, look at this one. She's more on yours. I'm going to hang out with her instead. <laughs> no, we all want avocado on toast. But no, it turns out we just want £2,500 worth of PPE. That's all we want in life. That's our goals, apparently. That's probably the only Generation X chap in this conversation. I don't want avocado on toast, but I pretty much agree <laughs> with millennials on everything else. And I'm only no. just Generation X. Only just. Like <laughs> <years>. <laughs> Go on then, Mark. Pick as a prick. Okay, so you've all been quite heavy with your pricks. Mm. <laughs> and then... Um, <laughs> That's the mine is... like well, well, maybe. Um, we all want a heavy prick, right? Um, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I'm... I feel like I've picked, I have picked someone who is, they have been really prickish, but comparatively, it's like a drop in the ocean. What I have noticed is that it's all been COVID-19 related. No one's picked anything that could have been a prick outside of the current situation that we're living in. And mine, of course, is completely COVID-19 related as well. <laughs> we do try, but it's really difficult. <laughs> yeah, so my prick is DC Comics. As I mentioned earlier, I present a comic book radio show called Pull or Pass. And so I, re I read up on what's going on in the comic book industry. And for the last, the, the, the concept of the, the podcast is that we review that week's comics we buy them on the Wednesday, read them on the Thursday, review them on the Friday, show goes out on a Saturday. Or at least that's what we did before the current situation. What we decided we would do, because, you know, publishers aren't publishing comics at the moment, that we would do like an inclusive thing where we read free comics on people's websites and everybody can join in, everybody can access, and the, the podcast is still accessible for everybody. DC Comics have announced that as of this week, they're going to start releasing paper comics again. They are encouraging comic book shops to open and sell their comics. Uh, okay. No other publisher is doing that. There are some publishers doing clever ways of getting around it where they're doing deliveries themselves, like you can order directly from the publisher. So there are other publishers out there that are using innovative ways but innovative and safe ways of dealing with the fact that people do want new paper comic books and dc comics 
are distributing to comic shops as of this week. Incredibly, incredibly irresponsible. Mm. They are actively encouraging other businesses to say fuck you to the lockdown. And in America, there is less support for businesses than they're getting in Britain. And therefore, obviously, these people, how much do you think a comic book shop makes in a week? They need to open soon without support. And if DC Comics are encouraging them to open doors, they're going to open them and then people are going to go and blah, 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 blah. Lockdown is undermined. Everything goes to shit. Just because DC wants you to have some paper fucking comic books. No. No. What a load of absolute shite. They should. They've got millions of pounds. They really shouldn't have done this. There are smaller comic book companies that have been responsible and could go out of business because of the current situation, but they haven't been pricks. Ultimately, Mark, people are fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like the the thought, the thoughts in my head here. I've I've had a few emails through in the last sort of couple of weeks from businesses that I'm on mailing lists for various reasons. And it seems to be a growing trend that a business is in, for lack of a better term, what I'll call the hospitality industry. So bars, uh, gig venues, comedy clubs are, are starting to get behind this idea of, can you make a donation to us now to keep us going? Um, and we will then repay that in the form of something when we reopen so for example um the bodega which is a gig venue in nottingham i I can't remember exactly what their deal was but they were basically saying you can buy drinks vouchers and i think it was like a discounted rate so you could buy like 10 beers for 20 quid donate 20 quid to them now and you're entitled to 10 beers when you go back which uh, last time i went to bodega their lagers certainly over three quid i'm not sure if it's four quid but so you're getting a pretty hefty discount there, but it's the idea of giving them a bit of money to tide them over. I'm looking at this and hearing everything you're saying, and, and I'll put my hands up here. I'm I'm not a comics guy, so I I I don't have any knowledge about um about this industry. But surely the right thing to do here, if you want to release some new comics, is to say to people, you can buy the comic, you can buy it from your local comic store and pay them for it and once you have bought it from them we will send you a digital copy that you can enjoy on your computer and then when the lockdown is lifted you'll be able to go into the comic store and pick up your paper copy at no extra charge i mean am i missing something is there a reason that wouldn't work or is that just the answer (laughs) so the comic book industry does have a almost well it does in america it has a monopoly with a company called Diamond. And Diamond yeah. distribute all comics from all distributors to all comic book shops. It's fucking bizarre that that's the, that's the reality. But something that's come out of lockdown is that smaller comic book uh, companies are doing their own deliveries now. And it's looking like they might not use Diamond. But, right. but there is absolutely no reason. And you've just, you've just, within 10 seconds, come up with that idea... And it's better than what DC fucking comics are doing. <laughs> even there's even other options because at the moment, 
that's still saying that, oh, you've got to pay out for this. Back to hospitality, Guinness, Jameson's, a couple other drinks distributors, they've obviously got money behind them. They're doing grants and donations to businesses and just bartenders and everything. So you can, in the USA, you can apply to Guinness and Jameson's and in the UK, you can apply to Guinness. And that, and if you, it's successful, you get like a two grand grant for being a bartender in this time. Cause obviously we're not working and they re- and they know we're the people that need to push that their stock at the end of the day. Why isn't DC saying, okay, we're going to donate some money to these comic book stores because in the end, they're the ones who are going to have to sell our product. It's incredibly frustrating. And from a purely personal and selfish point of view, there is no way that the DC comics that they are forcing American businesses to sell for them will get to these shores. And so I will miss out and I'll have holes in my comic book collection. And because they've been printed in such small numbers, they'll be really expensive to replace once all this shit's gone down. They're just being a bunch of pricks. They are being pricks. Yeah. Shall I my side of that? Because I'm, I mean, I'm a little along the lines of media. I do have some, but not a lot. Surely the DC could put them online? Am I they, yeah, of course they can. All the other comic books, all the other comic book companies, if they do release new stuff, they're releasing it as PDFs that you can download, or uh, Comixology, or Marvel Unlimited, whatever it is. They're releasing it on ways that you can read them online, on your phone, on your PC, on your tablet. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, surely they could do that with the comic book stores and then the comic book stores could sell their online comics and then there's no reason for anyone to open. There's no need for DC to have to put out money to deliver the comics to anywhere, which would cut on distribution costs as well. That's why capitalism is shit, mate. Is that, yeah. is yeah. that a drink there from... from That's a, definitely a drink. <laughs> Fucking hell, that'll be. I mean, there if there's are. one thing that we've learned from this... Is that we should open a comic distribution website. Mm. Right, here's the thing. <laughs> Marvel, <laughs> Marvel is owned by Disney, and DC have been even more evil than fucking <laughs> Disney. <laughs> it's the kingdom of dreams, Mark. The kingdom, the kingdom of, of evil, of but isn't it pretty? <laughs> yes, I cry I've got Disney times. Plus. I'm a fucking hypocrite. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so now that we've got all the negativity out of our system and we've had a good rant, join us after the break as we get into some good news. Welcome back, and after all of that ranting, we get into some good news, and I start with a virtual pub exclusive. We don't even know what this is. <laughs> so I take you to the world of Animal Crossing, and Gulliver's still mm-hmm. penned up in his fenced cage on my <laughs> island. But... Poor Gulliver. <laughs> <laughs> We don't um, good political news about Animal Crossing Brexit here. <laughs> <laughs> right, so I don't play Animal Crossing, but my fella does. 
Do hmm. you like buy? Is it parsnips that you buy on Turn a Sunday it. or something like that? Talk, I don't it understand is. it. He he sets a fucking alarm so he can <laughs> buy. <his parsnips. laughs> yep, yep. So to fill everybody else in, there's basically a turnip economy. Oh, turnip! On sorry, crossing. Hey, not so, parsnip. I apologise. Every Sunday morning, you go and buy turnips from this um, turnip lady, and every day the price changes on the stock market. Not just on your island, but everyone else's islands across the internet. Yesterday, for example, um, the turnip price was quite high. So Leo came over to our island and sold his turnips. So it's like the turnip version of the Wolf of Wall Street is essentially what I'm experiencing. <laughs> and this is a kid's game. Indeed it, it is. It's A, a stock market simulator with turnips. <laughs> none, none, of, none of you were going to remember this but when i was at uni there was a stock market simulator um, they had to have a night at the su called bar footsie and oh, uh, yeah. Was a, yeah yeah it was fucking great so there was a so there was a uh, screen above the bar it was like a stock market thing that had the prices on it and it have all the alcohols so it'd be like a pint a double a single a treble and it would drop and increase throughout the night so it'd be like oh and I'm, you know, I'm 29 now so we're talking 11 years ago you can get a treble vodka and coke for 95 pence Everyone will buy them, and then Mate, they would drop down. Doing that in the nineties when I was at university, <laughs> they were definitely doing that. That wasn't innovative. That was ten years it old. It was new when to me. You got that. It was when new to doing, me. When you were doing it, Mark. You could get vodka and coke for two and six. Well, not quite, but I did. <laughs> not, fuck you. Two things. One, fuck you, and two. It was. Do you know? I I drank bottles of cube. Cuban fire. You're probably all too young to even remember Cuban fire. It was I mean, like this weird ass Alka Pop, and it was fucking lovely. And uh, there were, I, I managed to get three bottles of Cuban fire for 50p a go, and I was well happy. So I'm part of a um, Animal Crossing Facebook group, and I got speaking to um, one of the people on there called Jana Hughes over in America. And she was talking about um, how her wedding that was scheduled for last week got cancelled, obviously because of what was going on. So the image that I've got got up on stream at the moment is that her husband-to-be arranged a wedding within Animal Crossing. And it's the most wholesome shit. And I got to speak to her about it and just see what was going on. And it started as a date night in Animal Crossing. So these guys are like pretty big fans of it. And you can play multiplayer. So you know how you take the two controllers off the Switch and you can do two-player? Mm. Yeah. Um, so they were playing multiplayer on here and without realizing, he'd invited um, six other island members that were all her friends and her family. And they all sat on these seats in front of um, this legendary guitar player, Dog, who's called K.K. Slider, who played a romantic ballad as they got married in Animal Crossing. And <laughs> I know it's like you were saying about DC Crossings, Mark. It's kind of a drop in the ocean compared to like bigger good things happening. But it's it just warmed my heart, really. It was a very nice thing to see. And as I got talking to her a bit more, I'll be posting a full interview on New Rising Media this weekend. It was just really nice, really. I think that's the kind of thing I should have probably looked for, considering that, you know, I'm a, my job is that I'm a wedding celebrant. But isn't that fucking lovely? Yeah, exactly. So that's really lovely. Him. Expect to see this full interview on my blog soon. But 
just really nice to see. Congratulations to Jana and her husband to be, and and congratulations ahead of the real marriage happening early next year. Congratulations, cheers. Congratulations, congratulations. Jana. Just reminds me, there was something in World of Warcraft years and years ago. This completely dark and hilarious. That one, one of the guild, one of the guild members died. This isn't anyone I knew. It was just like a viral video. So they had had like an in-game like a job for him. They were on a, P- a PvP server. So going <laughs> so bad. Especially for Mark as well because it's his job. So they're all having this vigil. There's about 50 of these in-game players and they're all there doing like doing these cheers, like in-game things that you can do on WoW. And then suddenly their rival guild stormed in and slaughtered them all. <laughs> <laughs> do you remember the played, do you remember the World of Warcraft Pride March? Yes, no. I do. Yeah. World of Warcraft Pride March. Yeah, there was a World of Warcraft Pride March. It was wonderful. Did that get slaughtered as well? No, it didn't. It was done in a city where you couldn't be attacked. Good. Good. <laughs> Although that would have been like... hideous, wouldn't it? If they fucking <laughs> hate crime in World of Warcraft. <laughs> Mark, give us your good news. I'm a very, I'm, I'm actually a very wholesome man. I don't drink very often, and I don't talk shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can be wholesome, and fuck you, Dalby. Um, I'm a scout leader, and um, I genuinely get a lot out of that. I don't want kids myself. I very much enjoy the fact that I can borrow other people's kids do cool shit and then return them and then have a nice quiet evening to myself and um it's fucking great being a scout leader is it has changed my life it's given me a lot of perspective into who i am and what i want to be and the idea of 10 years ago the idea of being a role model to young people would have like scared the shit out of me i've made a lot of stupid mistakes in my life but i realized that as an openly gay comfortable comfortably openly gay man who is a humanist celebrant now and i don't really drink shit and um i'm not i'm not the dickhead i was in my 20s and 30s i can be a role model to young people and scouting's made a huge difference in my life and this is me being quite serious and quite earnest now but um I was part of something last week. I didn't mention it at the start of the show because it was my good news. And it was something called Hike to the Moon. And that's a a fundraising thing that was organised by Scouting HQ for all of Britain, where during the big night uh, appeal that was for Comet Relief and Children in Need, we would all go in our gardens and walk on the spot for 20 minutes and that is a mile we've walked a mile and so this is leaders and cubs and beavers and scouts and explorers everybody was encouraged to go and walk on the spot for 20 minutes as cumulatively to hike to the moon so between all of the scouts and all of the cubs and all of the leaders and beavers and everybody involved in scouting we all did something a bit weird but kind of cool and cumulatively all of those miles across all of britain 240,000 miles between us we walked to the moon 
and we raised three hundred thousand pounds for children in need and comic relief amazing that is genuinely amazing that's really really good and not gonna lie i've got the website up the badge that you get looks amazing oh i can't wait for my badge i'm gonna say that on my cat blanket Uh, a cat blanket is essentially all the non-official badges that you get for stuff like hike to the moon and you get like a big ass blanket you cut a hole in to make it a poncho and then you sew all these badges on and it's got it's, it's like a it's like a, a timeline of your history and scouting <laughs> so I yeah a... that that's pretty cool i was a brownie and a guide so i fully i know the whole thing of sewing things on sewing badges on we used to have little sashes though but they stopped doing them when i went when halfway through my time in guides but yeah when you get a new badge there's nothing like that feeling though even like as else. a 41 year old leader a new fucking badge for your blanket Woo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah i went through um i went through beavers cubs and scouts and yeah for me it was like sewing badges onto my arm yeah yeah that's right. that still a thing, or is it on a sash now? Like, I don't no, know. that's still a thing, but the badges that you've seen on that website are for explicitly for your camp blanket because they're not official scouting badges. They're just a kind of commemoration of an event that you've been to or something that you've done, but they're quite a big thing in scouting for your camp blanket. Like I say, I, my camp blanket, my mother made for me when I was 13 in scouts. That was a fucking and long I time ago. Now, leader. <laughs> Oh. Scouting's fucking ace. <laughs> <laughs> and next up, it is Dolby. Give us the good news. Okay, so um, mine is pretty nerdy. Um, but given the conversation... Yeah, I was going to say, given the conversation we've been having for the last 20 minutes, it's probably going to go down quite well. So it really fucking warmed my heart as well. Um, there's a guy it, it, it called Steve Addison who has built his son an arcade machine from scratch. So um, it cost him about £150. Um, he's got, it started off, he got an Atari machine um, and put um, a couple of games from the Atari on it and put it in a wooden box. Uh, but it's, he's now built a full homemade arcade cabinet for his son. In the show notes, which I'll, I'll, I'll put out on Twitter, it's got photos of the cabinet. But he's painted Donkey Kong, Mario, Sonic, a, a few other famous sort of arcade characters on it. He's got over 500 games on this one cabinet that he made himself. Uh, so it came about because he's an assistant manager at McDonald's in England and he's currently on furlough. And his wife is a nurse on the NHS. And... Obviously, the nurses and anyone who works for the NHS is going through the, uh, an incredibly difficult time at the moment. And they're both big gamers, so he wanted to do something for her to come home to and relax. And her favourite game was Super Mario, the original Super Mario game. So he decided he was going to build this arcade cabinet with Super Mario on it. But he expanded the collection to, to add more games to it. Uh, it's evolved over time, so it's now... Pretty much exactly like an arcade cabinet you get in a shop. And he's done it all himself. Like he just used his spare time and his own sort of art skills to make it. The pictures of it, which are again, this is from Good News Network. Uh, I'll post a link up on Twitter. The pictures of what he's done are fucking incredible. Like he's built this amazing sort of unit for it. It currently has over 500 games on it. 
And it's helping not only his wife because she was, she's working sort of 15, 16 hour days as a nurse working directly with coronavirus patients, but his son and him are playing games he played when he was growing up, which is, is, is kind of cool as well. Uh, it reminded me a lot of, I don't know if anyone watched Russell Howard's Good News a few years ago, um, of there was a kid on there that built his own arcade in his garage. Oh, uh, Kane's arcade. Yeah, and he used to get in the machines and push tokens out of it and shit like that. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that, but without the community appeal of it. But um yeah, it's just a really sweet thing to do. Like he's taken all of his time, his in his own words, limited skills to build a fully functioning arcade machine so that his son can play can play games and his wife who to help solve this horrible crisis all day has got something to a nice to relax to when she gets home. Next up, sweet and nerdy. Yeah, sweet and nerdy will do me. Moody, give us a good news, my friend. I was I said, so, so I put two forward, didn't I? And um, I was going to talk about one of them, but then I was going to talk about the other. And we said, oh no, we'll talk about it in online live stream. And we haven't talked about it. We so have I'm gonna, not. I'm, I'm going to pivot and I'm going to talk about something else. I'm just going to read the headline because the headline tells you everything you need to know student who grew her own canoe out of mushrooms thinks fungus is our best ally in climate change (laughs) (laughs) fucking mushroom canoe (laughs) is there anything but mushroom canoe that is that's the good news story so this is a woman in Nebraska who literally built a so so she She's basically grown a canoe because the fungus spores will attach to surfaces and grow. So she um, she built built a wire frame, and I mean, essentially, I'm I'm sh- I'm sure there's a more technical term than this, but she stuck a few mushrooms to it, and it grew and 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 filled a whole canoe in. I think it said a few weeks. <laughs> and there's a photo of her. I'm sure Jay's finding it now. Yeah, I've got there's it a photo of her on a lake with a paddle, having a mushroom canoe. And I, I want to learn. You know, is it? It's just fucking brilliant. I want to learn how to make a mushroom canoe and do it with my scouts. <laughs> you... That should be that should be a badge. That should be a mushroom shaped badge. Mushroom badge. <laughs> that sounds. Oh, like I, I want to do this so much. I'm going to look this that, up. This is fucking a mushroom, superb. A, a mushroom badge sounds like something from Pokemon that Lindsay was afraid of achieving. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> We've gone too long about talking about your failure from last week's quiz. <laughs> I, I did hear you didn't win. In the Pokemon quiz. <laughs> yeah, I've had it all week from Joey. It's fine. <laughs> That's what Joey's the best. Thorpe, keep the good news going. Right, so I had originally two choices, three choices, and they've all been taken by one of you. <laughs> so I've got I've had to quickly pick one, but I've actually found a really nice one to be honest. And it comes from Good News Network again. I think we've got a trend going here. What a fantastic website Good News Network is. Oh, yeah, it makes this section really easy. It does, yeah. <laughs> but, um, there is a, there's a guy called Ryan Van, Ryan Van Emenis, Emenis, and he's from Winsford in Cheshire. <laughs> it's not the first time. I've got my show notes here. 
And he was going on his walks and he walked near his local graveyard and he noticed that a lot of the gravestones were all deteriorating, not in very good condition. So he decided that he was going to take 20 minutes or just a certain amount of time out of his daily walk to clean the gravestones. And it started with one and he's now done two dozen gravestones in, in and around his local graveyard. And I just thought it was really nice because it's made people that reading the article it's made people it's he's got feedback from families that haven't been to their grave family's grave for like 20 years hmm. and it's just bringing back memories for like these families it's bringing back memories for people i just thought it was really wholesome and really nice that is pretty yeah lovely. that's pretty lovely Lindsay, cap it all off cool so have we all heard of the leather back turtle the what sure Oh. <laughs> heard of a turtle. No, turtle. So these are kind of one of the most popular ones. Um, sort of around Thailand, people go in Florida and Thailand. They're the ones that you, see, the little ones that you see running down the beach. Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, everyone knows it. Obviously, because it's Florida and Thailand, and because it's such an event, normally a lot of people go and see them. And there's obviously people on the beaches trying to get to them and trying to take photos, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Now because people aren't doing that there's less tourists less vacations less people going out there's actually been a rise in leatherback sea turtle nests which is amazing because there's no one there digging them up there's no one there standing on them we actually might have more leatherback sea turtles in the ocean in a few months time because more than likely more those little babies are going to make it to the ocean and start swimming around and getting all giant and big well hopefully um I think the ones you're referring to, they were on planet Earth and they were getting distracted by like streetlights. And I was getting proper emotional, like, don't go towards the streetlights, go towards the sea where the moon is. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was those ones. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we will get some more sea turtles around and see them all walking down the little beach doing that funny flipper walk that I'm doing that no one can see. (laughs) Join us after the break as we close all this off with a quiz. Welcome back to the final segment of the show, which is our pub quiz. Dolby, take it away. Fantastic. So it's our Pixar quiz this week. Unfortunately, uh, Moody wasn't able to stick around for the quiz. So luckily, because you've got Mark here, we've still got um, four contestants, as we would have normally. I'm not going to lie. Normally, I try and do something a little bit different for our quizzes, but this is just a straight 10 questions related to Disney Pixar. So, yeah, I, I would say sorry, but it was pretty difficult to try and come up with a fancy way of doing a quiz for Pixar ones. Right, so we'll start with question number one. Same rules apply. If you want to answer, say your name. And then I will say the name of the person that got there first. And if you get it wrong, you're eliminated until question number two. Does everyone understand the rule? Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Right. Question number one. 
According to the Pixar theory, which Pixar film comes first? Ben Thorpe. Ben Thorpe. A good dinosaur? Incorrect. Anybody got an answer? Lindsay. Lindsay. Monsters, Inc.? No. Mark. Mark. Toy Story? No, that is third. Uh, Jason. Yep. Up. No, it is Brave. Ah. Oh, According to the Pixar theory, of course, into the Pixar theory, Brave is in the 14th century. Second is Incredible. Third is Toy Story. Mm. If you don't know the Pixar theory, it's actually really interesting if you give it a read on. about the chronology. Hang on. I know that's the right answer, but surely a good dinosaur made by Pixar comes before the 14th century. I think it's yeah, good point. No. theory, though. Oh. No, so, so according to, basically, according to the Pixar theory, there's a whole life cycle, then the world ends, and then there's the dinosaurs again. So take it, take it with them. Right, really? In the Toy Story... Question number two. In the Toy Story franchise, what is the name of the TV series that Woody starred in? Uh, Jason. It was just Ben Thorpe. Ah. Woody's Roundup. Woody's Roundup is correct. Woo. Question number three. In Monsters, Inc., what is the official meaning of a 2319? Ben Thorpe. Mark. Ben Thorpe. It's when a child touches a monster. Incorrect. Mark. Oh. Mark. It's when they score a 10 on the screenometer thing. Incorrect. Jason. Yeah. Jason. Uh, foreign human item on the monster. Incorrect. What? Ooh. Lindsay, do you have a guess? Oh, not a clue, mate. 2319 is white sock. Because 2319. Oh. W and S oh. and the 23rd and oh. 19 letters of the alphabet. <laughs> Question number four. In the film Cars, which real life actor and race car driver stars in the film? So, which actor is also a race car driver in the first Cars film? Hmm. He also was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Ben Thorpe. Ben Thorpe. Is it Kurt Russell? It's not Kurt Russell. That's your answer for everything. <laughs> No, what was going to say, Keanu Reeves? Mark Adams. Mark Adams. I have not seen Cars, so I'm just going to guess someone who I think's dead fit. Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Incorrect. Oh, but Kiefer <laughs> Sutherland's really hot, though. I just want to get that out there. I really fancy <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. He's well fit. Um, do we have another answer or not? No, not at all. It is Kiefer Paul Sutherland. Newman. Paul Newman. Oh. Ah, should have been Kiefer Sutherland. In, in up, what breed of dog is Doug? Jason. Jason. Golden Retriever. Golden Retriever <laughs> is correct. <laughs> he was always going to get that. Fuck about with that. Come on. <laughs> right, our next question. In Ratatouille, oh. Remy's father has the same name as. The lead character in a famous Quentin Tarantino film. What is the name of Remy's father? Lindsay. Lindsay. And out there, is it Django? 
It is Django. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> so Lindsay, Thorpe and Jason have all on one point. Right. In The Good Dinosaur, so Thorpe's obviously going to know this as he referenced The Good Dinosaur earlier on. I've never seen what, it. What species of dinosaur is Butch? Mark. Mark. Brontosaurus. No idea. In- incorrect. Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. Lindsay. T-Rex. T-Rex is a right answer. They're cowboys, isn't it? You need to watch <laughs> Dinosaur. It's amazing. It is a great film. In Right, question number eight. In Finding Dory, how many legs does Hank the octopus Lindsay, have? Lindsay, 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 Lindsay. Seven. Seven is right. <laughs> I'm detecting a theme here. That's what, Lindsay, getting the questions right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, number nine. In what century is Wally set? Mark. Yep. 20 seconds. No. Ben Did Thorpe. You? Ben Thorpe. 23rd. No. <laughs> Jason. Yep. 25th. No. <laughs> Lindsay. Yep. Yeah. 30th. No. You were the closest, though, Lindsay. It's the 29th. Uh, and question number 10 so Lindsay's our winner um, is the name of the Oscar award winning song in the film Coco Ben Thorpe Ben Thorpe seizure moment I mean like. that's not even close that's not even close <laughs> Lindsay <laughs> Lindsay remember me remember me is correct oh. so Lindsay wins it with four points <laughs> Apparently, Lindsay only wins a week after subjects where she's in. So, um, <laughs> what topic would you like next week? Um, I can, sorry, I can hear Joey singing. Remember me in the other room. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, ooh, uh, oh, um, Hunger Games. Hunger okay. Games, okay. Mm. That would be interesting. That's going to mm. be an interesting the loser, one, to say the least. The loser will get put to death. Wow. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm glad I'm not winner. on next week. I mean, you obviously don't know shit about Hunger Games because obviously the winner is the only one alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I've got to change it up a bit. I can't just kill everyone that doesn't win. We, we may I'm... need a funeral celebrant. Are you free for after this, mate? <laughs> <laughs> I don't do mates' rates, though. Okay. What, all, right. all right, we're not friends. And that's it for the virtual pub. Thank you all so much for listening. You can um, support us by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Castbox, Pocket Casts. Literally anywhere you can get a podcast, you will probably find us. Just Google search the virtual pub podcast, and you'll find all your options there. And if you'd like to follow The Virtual Pub, you can find us at The Virtual Pub PC across all of your social media networks, whichever one you want to go for, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you'd like to support us in other ways, you can subscribe to the Twitch channel that people are watching this on right now. Hello to the seven viewers on twitch.tv slash Mr. Jason England. And if you'd like to financially support us in another way, buy us a pint on Patreon, and that is patreon.com slash Mr. Jason England. And Mark, do you want to shout out your own podcast? Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Um, I've got four, and I know that's quite selfish, but I don't care. Um, I do a, a week, a, I do a weekly 
podcast called Pull or Pass, and that's a comic book podcast, and that is at Pull or Pass on Twitter. I do a daily podcast called Don't Say the C Word. That is during the COVID situation. COVID-19 situation where I talk to a different guest about a different subject. As long as you don't say the C word, you can talk about whatever the hell you like. I also do a fortnightly podcast called Life's Milestones, which is linked to my job as a humanist celebrant. That is a podcast about birth and naming ceremonies, relationships and marriage and death and funerals. And very soon we'll be launching a new podcast on the We Made This Podcast Network called and comatose and that is a red dwarf podcast so keep your eye out for that that's at red dwarf pod on twitter and we end this segment with an unsigned band that i found called stealing signs they sound very much like everything everything and vampire weekend and i'm going to play us out with a little song from them called the coast take care i'll see you all in the next week's episode see you later <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Peace and love. Give up the ghost. I never knew you wanted to drive up the coast. And I know you well, and you know me better than most I'd say, my friend At least our hearts pretend Dead to nature words I'll be listening Formulate your worst Don't hesitate to turn away Don't make me wait just to say Before they come out your mouth You said before you shut the door That your fingerprints are free